There's a huge part of me that likes Advent a lot more than Lent. And the reason for that, I think, is because even though it's also a preparatory season, even though it's also the time where we're getting ready for the high holy days of Christmas, at the same time, there's a lot of distractions during Advent, right? And, and I admit, they're kind of welcome distractions. It's like parties and cookies, because it's Christmas time, and movies, which I enjoy watching. It's like, I know that we've got to be getting ready for everything, and you need to make some sacrifices, but at the same time, you know, we kind of have some fun, and we set things aside. And I'll tell you, there have been many times in the past that I've had big plans for Advent. Like, I'm going to read you know, the introduction to the Liturgy of the Hours, and I have this, you know, grand plan of what I'm going to do. I've never been able to pull it off. And it's not like I've had terrible Advents. It's just there's so many other things going on, right? And there are things that we all love, and we can kind of fight against it, but it's a really hard thing to do. Well, compare that to Lent. And the thing is, society has not really jumped on board with us for Lent, right? It's not like you go to Walmart and everything is now purple and they've like dimmed the lights. Like, please, we don't need you shopping. And at the same time, I mean, Easter hasn't sort of like caught the attention of the wider world in the same way that Christmas has. And when it comes to Christmas, I mean, you want to get involved in trees and lights and Santa Claus. I've never had a problem steering clear of someone dressed in a bunny suit. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just not the same kind of like draw away. And that's where Lent is a lot tougher in some ways than Advent. But thanks be to God, it is, right? It is different from Advent and especially in the way that we live it out, right? It's more of going into the desert. It's more of a quiet time. And I think because society hasn't jumped on board with us in a lot of ways, it almost makes it a little bit easier. And so what do we need to do is we need to step back and spend time with our Lord, in particular, listening to him speak to us through the scriptures. You know, last week we spent time meditating on the temptations in the desert. And then every Lent, we always go from the first Sunday of Lent with the temptations in the desert into this Sunday, into the transfiguration. You remember last, last week we meditated on how the Holy Spirit drove Jesus out in the desert, he fasted for 40 days, and then he was tempted by the devil in those three ways. And we reflected last week on how what has Jesus ultimately brought us He's brought us God. And we're going to keep spending time meditating on that in the weeks to come as it sort of unfolds in his public ministry. But today, we move on in the Gospel of Matthew to the Transfiguration, where instead of him being driven out into the desert, what happens? Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Now, if we take the time and kind of reflect on the scripture from last week, also from the Gospel of Matthew, and then look at this one today, there's some similarity in language with location. And what I mean by that is in the third temptation, the devil takes Jesus and takes him to a very high mountain. What does Jesus do with Peter, James, and John? He leads them up a high mountain. Very subtle difference, all the same Greek words except for one. The devil takes Jesus up a very high mountain. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up a high mountain. Very. It's the only difference there at all. But I think it's a key point for all of our Lents, really, 
because the devil likes to deal in extremes, right? Remember last week we had the first reading from the book of Genesis. He said to our first parents, did God really tell you you can't eat from any of the trees of the garden? So because there's a restriction, a prohibition, a law about one of them, The devil makes it look like you can't eat from any of them, right? He deals in extremes. He takes Jesus up a very high mountain. Jesus doesn't deal in extremes. He deals in the right amount. Does he challenge us? Yes, of course. And Lent is challenging, right? And I'm sure, along with me, over the last week and a half, you've felt the pinch a couple of times, right? When you really want what you gave up. Like, dessert looks so good, but I said no. But at the same time, We're not called to extremes. It's not as though the church says, no eating until April 12th, you know? It's not as though the church says, hey, 15 rosaries a day, or you're just not living up to it, right? It's not as though we're called to some crazy extreme. We're called not to a very high mountain, but to a high mountain. We have to take time aside and allow our Lord to lead us to somewhere different, to lead us deeper in But the beautiful thing about our faith is that we can do that right where we are. It's not as though we have to go off to some very high mountain. We don't have to climb Mount Everest to have a great Lent. What we do have to do is listen to him and open up the space to follow him. And the church gives us this Lent in year A, a couple of gospels for our reflection that are a little bit longer than ones we normally get at Sunday Mass. So the next three Sundays, the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of Lent, we're going to go from the Gospel of Matthew to the Gospel of John. And there are three Gospels we know well. We hear them very frequently and especially tied in with the RCIA program. So next week, we're going to go to John chapter 4, which is Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. The next week will be uh, Jesus and the man born blind. And finally, on the fifth Sunday of Lent, we'll have the raising of Lazarus. So it's John chapter 4, then John chapter 9, then John chapter 11. And the reason I bring that up is because I would say it would be a really good thing to do over the next week to open up your Bible and read John chapter 4 because we're going to have a long gospel at Mass next Sunday. Take it and go through it slowly. It's something we've heard many times. We know the Samaritan woman at the well. And here's just a recommendation, right? I think it's supposed to get up to 70 this week. The sun is shining. It's beautiful. We have that little pavilion right down by the cemetery of the Samaritan woman at the well. Go sit out there. Read the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John. Come on up to the church. It will be unlocked unless you're coming after like 9.30 at night, right? So come on up and spend some time with him. Take some time aside to follow the command of our Heavenly Father in the Gospel today. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And that's where ultimately, if I'm honest with myself, even though I do really love Advent because I love all things Christmas. I finally took down my tree on February 22nd. Okay, so it is down. It's not a Lent tree this year. Um, so, and it's not just because I'm sentimental. I'm also incredibly lazy. But, so, it's down now. You know, we are, we are in Lent fully. Take the time to enter into the season. Take the time to follow the advice of our Heavenly Father, the command of him to listen to the Son of God. This season allows for that more. But if we're going to benefit from that command, we have to make the space to listen. And the church is offering us this fourth chapter of the Gospel of John this week 
read it. I'm going to spend some time next week kind of comparing it to the first temptation in the desert and why that can also help us with one of the pillars of Lent, fasting. But if we're all reading it and meditating on it ahead of time, we're going to draw so much more out of it. The other thing I would say that's so helpful during Lent is, A, we've got the great command from our Heavenly Father in the Transfiguration, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. So the Transfiguration is the fourth luminous mystery of the Rosary, right? If you go back to the second luminous mystery, you get another beautiful, important piece of advice from another very important person in salvation history. At the wedding feast at Cana, the second luminous mystery, Mary says to the servants there, you know, and pointing out to her son, do whatever he tells you. And that's what we're ultimately about during Lent. First of all, listening to our Heavenly Father. This is Jesus Christ, my beloved Son. Listen to him. But it doesn't just end with the listening. Take the time aside. Listen, pray, but then ask our Blessed Mother for help. Do whatever he tells you. As he said to those apostles at the end and the conclusion of the transfiguration, rise and do not be afraid. The way for us to continue on in our day-to-day lives is to take the time first to listen to him, to do whatever he tells us. And because we can do both of those, we have a reason not to be afraid. As we continue on in this beautiful season of Lent, which I'll admit is tougher to get into, but ultimately bears so much fruit. When we do what we're told, when we listen to our, our blessed Lord, when we listen to Jesus Christ, and then with the help of our blessed mother, we do whatever he tells us. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.